Welcome to Business Magic with Maggie Gila, making your business feel and work like magic for you and those you want to impact. Turns out you don't need a wand, you need a strategy. You're listening to a series I did called The Strategy Sleepover, where I invited some of my past micro-launch students and mastermind clients to talk about how they have simplified their businesses. If you're interested in learning more about the micro-launch method, my flagship course on how to market and sell your offers in three weeks or less, go to maggiegill.com slash micro-launch. Now, on to the episode. Hey everyone, Maggie here, and I'm super excited to be here today with the All the Ideas Launcher panel. So this is something that's based on my natural state. Like this is the first archetype I created for the quiz because it's based on my natural state that I have to work, have had to work very hard on to not fall into this vortex of all the ideas and all the things. So I'm excited to be today here today to talk to Icy Sedgwick and Mary Haig. Um, Icy, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone watching? Yeah, um, I'm a gothic horror author and I also have a folklore podcast as well, um, but I'm branching out into teaching creative writing and stuff based on folklore, so that's kind of me. Mary? I'm based in the UK and I, although I've previously been sort of known in the calligraphy area, um, I'm moving more into a design-led handcraft atelier uh, mixture um working with sort of bigger clients but I've used Maggie's launch plans for my online courses um for calligraphy cool that's exciting it's, it's, it's an exciting shift I don't know what's wrong with these I'm stuttering I'm stuttering so much I'm excited <laughs> to be here I'm to calm down um so one of the things you want to talk about here as part of the strategy sleepover is keeping things simple which I think is is fairly hard to do with if you're in an all the ideas personality type, right? Because I, at least me, I want to do all the things at the same time and perfectly. So how do you approach keeping things simple? I see. I kind of need someone to like keep me in check really, which was one of the reasons why I wanted to do the micro launch method. Cause I knew you were going to like help keep me on the straight and narrow. Cause otherwise I'm like, Oh, I could do this and this and this and this and that as well. And when there's so many people online telling you, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that and you won't you won't succeed without this, you kind of go, oh. um, so yeah, I kind of need to have like a nice list and a nice sort of formula to work to so I can be like, I can do that later, I can do that later, and I can do that if I've got time. So it's it's basically stopping myself from doing all the things at once. I love that. Mary, how about you? I think one thing that I took away from the micro launch method was um, the MVP, so minimal viable plan. Um, and this is the main thing that helps me keep on track with my launches and to keep them really simple, like to strip it everything back to what are the main things that I need to get this off the ground and launched. Um, because that then allows me to do more ideas in the future. So get one thing done, ticked off, launched, and then I can move on to the next thing. And I think that really helps me sort of like sort of ground my ideas a bit. I love that. That's that's obviously like something, you know, that's helped me. That's just why I'm so passionate about teaching the MVP 
as part of a launch or about any project that you're in, because for people like us who do have like all these ideas and who are constantly coming up with new creative things, yeah. like if you try and implement everything, you're going to go crazy. <laughs> and it's, it's not going to be anywhere near to your vision anyway. So there's always this like constant, I don't know if you two have that, but like I have this thing, like I, I'm constantly having to check myself. Maggie, making things too complicated. Bring it back. Okay. What's the simple version? Oh, there you go again. Too complicated. Bring it back. So I'm doing the self-check constantly. Do you two have that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I need to do it based on does the person that this is aimed at actually need it or am I doing it because someone said that I needed to? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like, will Facebook ads necessarily help if most of my people are on Twitter? Probably not. So I can (laughs) then just go, bye-bye, I'll I'll deal with you another time. And that's kind of how I've sort of found um, asking myself why I was doing something was really important. I love that, yeah. Um, and that's a really great thing. Like, especially, um, I feel this is like more prominent for earlier stages, stage entrepreneurs where you're not quite sure what you should be doing and you only go like, oh, I want to, you know, make X amount of money or I want to sell X amount of this product or course or whatever. And that's the main goal you're working towards with not too much data on how you can get there. And then like every single webinar you get on, including mine, like it's going to tell you a different opinion because we each have a different strategy or different tactics that we we use and recommend and teach and that have worked for us or our clients or, you know, we have experience in. And that's just going to end up confusing you. So I know I got into this vortex of over-information in the first two years because I was like, well, I could be doing Pinterest or have a podcast or do YouTube or do Instagram. And the list goes on. Like, how, how, you, how have you deciphered that of how to make that decision of what idea to move forward with first? I think um, being really clear about what my priorities are and what my sort of goals are has been really essential. So I like to sit down usually in November and kind of plan for the year ahead, um, whether that's financial planning. So I'm kind of know what goals and targets I have to hit um, and how those um, the, how the launches that I do within that year can really help me get to those goals um, and I think that that sort of grounding in the goal in the goals and the big targets that I have really helps me decide what to put forward um, yeah I'm, I'm still like the kind of person who sort of makes it up as I go along um so I, I like the idea of goals and targets I'm like I love the idea of that <laughs> but uh, but I think what I did was um because there is so much information out there it was filtering who to listen to mm. um and I think I was basing it on do I like this person like do they come across in a way that I can be like oh I bet they'd be really nice to hang out with um, and I'm not going to lie, Maggie, all your geek stuff like really spoke to me. So I was kind of like, this is someone who, who, who will get me. Um, and then it's like, are they where I want to be? Because mm-hmm. if someone's having like six figure months and like camping out on a beach in the Seychelles, that's not really my thing. So I'm not, mm-hmm. why, why would I want to replicate their process? So I think I try to choose like just three or four people to listen to who ultimately all actually end up saying something similar because they're they're more similar to me yeah so you're going I think this is really interesting to point out so you're going on like one the kind of like values personality fit and you're going on business goal fit like you look at them go is that like my vision of a great business or lifestyle do I want that yes cool you match 
Um, and I love that. And I was actually, so I was going through my newsletter cleanup a couple of um, weeks ago. And I realized like, I see you've like been with, with me for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember when I first came across you, but I think it was when I first got into um, the idea of having an online business because there was a restructure at work and I was like, ooh, scary, want to have a, a safety net. And yeah, I, I came across you and I was like, oh, this is somebody that I want to follow. So yeah. I, I know you were excited and see my tags in, in ConvertKit, but I know you were in the first content quest mm. that I did, um, which was like 2017, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so I just like I really love like kind of seeing that circle. Mary's also like you, you know, you came to my event in Amsterdam. Like we've been in my circles for like also a really long time, which I think is just so so fascinating. Um, and so I want to get in crux of this because we just had this conversation pre-recording this. How do you find that balance of simplicity for yourself? Because we want to keep things easy and simple, right? Like as humans. If it can be easy, we'd want that. But how do you balance that with your ambition and with your ideas and with wanting to do all the things? Um, mine sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier about accountability. Um, so for me, I tend to work with others who kind of keep me <laughs> a bit more balanced. Um, so my best friend accuses me of constantly having my brain running at all hours which is true it never stops so um like aligning myself with people who like her in sort of normal life but also business-wise like my assistants or um people like that who can kind of objectively say that they only have so much time uh in the day to kind of do x y and z that sort of helps me rethink what is achievable and kind of bring it down to what maybe a normal person is able to <laughs> um, process and think about mm -hmm. so I think I definitely think that accountability thing and and Maggie we were in the um, the mastermind at the end of last year and I think really having a, a small group of people who I could kind of like um, you know just verbally kind of spew all my ideas onto and have somebody pick out the things that I should sort of move forward to was really useful for me mm -hmm. um the things that I should focus on the things that will actually help me reach the, the like goals that I have and the the clients that I want to work with um because I think when you have all the like as a creative I'm kind of constantly um coming up with ideas that might actually not be um it, they might not be the for the clients that I want to like have long term um and I tend to lose sight of that quite easily so I think having surrounding myself with people um to just remind me of that and those goals is really crucial for me I'm I'm the exact same I I've gotten a lot better over the years of like doing that self-check of like oh Maggie actually and like me realizing I'm overcomplicating something because that's just that's just my nature. I I, I want to do more, um, but that's come through, you know, a burnout and multiple like basically meltdowns from stress and taking on too much. Then I'm now like much more conscious of seeing the early warning signs of oh okay something needs like what what needs to shift, what needs to be adjusted, what needs to be tweaked so I can bring things back down a couple of notches. But 
the people, mentorship, masterminds, network, business friends, support, whatever, that has been absolutely crucial because a lot of the time, like you're so deep in it, you don't even realize that you've gone like way far off the deep end with <laughs> overcomplicating things. Right? Until someone yeah. says like, so Maggie, like, why are you actually doing that thing? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> felt like a good idea. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Actually. And the, my, my, I said, my goal was that. Okay. I see how you, how do you feel about this? I think like for me, it's because I'll have like a lot of ideas and all of them will seem like gold at the time. And I get really excited about all of them. Um, but then I'll also like lose interest in them really quickly. Um, so I learned to use that to my advantage. So I write everything down. And if I don't remember it myself a week later, it wasn't worth doing because it wasn't on my on my mind enough for me to go, oh, I've got to do that thing. Whereas if I keep coming back to something, it's like, this is probably something I should be doing. Mm. But then otherwise it's kind of, and I'll go back at the list every now and then I'll be like, I don't even remember what that was related to. What was that even for? And then I know <laughs> that, that was a really terrible idea. And it was probably like a 3 a.m. thought that should never have been written down. So yeah, I tend to find that kind of filtering myself is the only way that I can stop running off with these ideas that could be amazing or an absolute car crash. And just to add on to that, I think for me as well, like I have to be really passionate and motivated about something um, because I'm a starter and not a finisher. So I sort of need the momentum um, that I have with that excitement at the beginning of a project to kind of push me through as far as possible um to be able to like finish things <laughs> um so yeah I I really that really um, resonates with me as well yeah I'm a quick start on uh, Colby <laughs> so I, I I hear you on that and I've had to um it's a struggling because you get a lot of ideas and for me I I because I get excited about a lot of my ideas so like well I see saying like I don't I I hear you but I get excited about like 90% of my ideas. <laughs> I will like obsess about them and think about them in the shower and just like get really excited. Um, but for me, I also need to like do that check of like, but is that actually relevant? Is that actually necessary? And stop myself and, and get myself to come back. And um, that's where like external accountability is amazing for me. So, you know, I talk a lot about like the micro launch method and breadcrumbing an offer. Why do you think I breadcrumb an offer? It's to give me external accountability to actually do the damn thing. <laughs> like that's the actual reason of breadcrumbing why it's become a thing because otherwise I would just start working on that project in secret but I'll get to a certain block or obstacle where I'm like oh it's becoming too real I'm not sure it's good enough I'm you know I'm gonna pause and wait and then it would never see the light of day yeah. so breadcrumbing for me of like saying publicly announcing hey this thing is happening or this date I'm doing this thing and people then go like oh hey where's that thing I can look forward to it. I'm like oh crap okay I have to go finish it now <laughs> um and that's so that's how I move forward with things you have to, right? Yeah, definitely. I think the perfectionism thing, I I was surprised that I came out with all the ideas because I think the perfectionism piece for me is like such a massive piece. Uh, and one of the main reasons I also don't move ahead because I might have all the ideas, but if I don't feel like they're sort of good enough, then I don't like sort of pursue them basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's why you didn't, you got all the ideas because all the ideas launcher is based on me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like that's, I'm, I also like resonate very strongly with the overly ambitious launcher, mm -hmm. but my main one is all the ideas. So 
I'm not actually surprised that you feel that way. <laughs> so when it comes to your marketing and your sales, how do you approach simplifying things? Because with marketing, I see you already mentioned like Facebook ads versus Twitter, but how have you kind of find ways to make that those decisions about marketing and how often and how you show up to make a sale? I think for me, it was kind of working with what I already do. Um, so I, I tend to keep things as simple as possible anyway, just because I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like there's there's only so many hours in the day and I don't want to be spending all my time like scheduling tweets in advance when I'm more likely to write a good tweet when it just pops into my head. And I know that's like horrible from a marketing point of view, but um, it's kind of very much like shoot from the hip kind of marketing, I think. Um, so I think for me, it was a question of, working with the audience that I already had um and that in and of itself actually also helps simplify what I'm going to do because anything well I can't do this idea because it's got nothing to do with the audience I've already got so that in itself is like self-selecting what I'm going to work on but in terms of what marketing I do I kind of think what fits in with what people are used to from me so people are used to a weekly email for my podcast so and a monthly email for my fiction so it doesn't really require that much to go hey if you're interested tag this link and you'll hear more about it so I'm not pestering people who aren't interested and people are tagging themselves if they are so I kind of I I like to sort of you know make it so that people can decide how much they want to hear something and again that's probably horrible from a marketing point of view but I guess because the audience I've got I've kind of got through podcasting or or blogging you've got that kind of slightly better relationship with people and that they're not just sort of people that you've encountered sort of at random um so I I think you can have that slightly more like here's the thing if you're not interested cool but you know you can stay on my list but filter yourself out here or here you go if you're interested so that's Mm. how I kind of do it I think that's really fascinating that you say that because um and I say this people all the time like don't don't get hung up on unsubscribes because either like a couple scenarios are very likely one they just don't need your content and what you do anymore and in that case well why would you want to pay to have them on your list like it doesn't make sense right like people you know you've been on my list since 2017 like it's likely a certain point you know our paths have so far been parallel but a lot of other people you know in the last four or five years you know i i shift they shift and just they unsubscribe but the other thing that I know is that a lot of people, they don't just follow you on your newsletter. They're all like on your Twitter, on your LinkedIn, they're following you on Instagram, on your on your Facebook group or page or whatever. You have multiple touch points with them. So just because they unsubscribe doesn't mean they're out of your universe, especially like, you know, you've got a podcast, so they're likely, well, they're listening. They just don't want to get an email. That's okay. Yeah. But I want to ask, I see. So how do you come to make that decision about, weekly newsletter for one thing and a monthly email for the other thing like how did you simplify to that kind of process um it was mainly because the podcast was weekly um because it runs in tandem with the folklore thursday hashtag on twitter so every Mm. week i was writing a blog post and then when i turned it into a podcast i just followed the same thing thought why make it difficult for myself um, and monthly is just kind of like the industry average for uh, authors, for fiction authors anyway, because you generally don't have a huge amount extra that you can tell people in between, you know, because, I mean, considering how long it's taken to write my current book, like if I was updating people every week, that would just be like 
really boring based <laughs> 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 every email um so i think it just works out that it's much easier for me to then write the monthly email and make it really value packed for the fiction subscribers whereas the podcast ones it's kind of here's the episode here's a couple of extra bits because not everybody subscribes to the, the podcast some people still read it as a blog so it just kind of covers everybody yep. really yeah so i think mm-hmm. that's like you know we talk about repurposing a lot you're doing it in a very very simple way right because you could also turn your podcast into youtube and into an instagram reel and put it on tiktok like you could you've chosen not to Oh, no, it's on simple. YouTube as well. Oh, perfect. Okay. But you haven't done like <laughs> all the things with, like TikTok and Reels and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, which I think is really, really smart. But you're also like different people will want a different medium, right? Some people just want to read it. You know, I want to skim the blog post. If you find it interesting, then I'll go back and, and do it. Some people like, I love listening to things as I'm walking the dog. Right. So I just wanted to kind of point that out for anyone listening. Um, Mary. <laughs> Same question. Um, <laughs> the first answer that comes to my head is outsourcing mm-hmm. um, because um, so marketing is my main pain point um, in my business. Um, one, because I am too busy sort of doing all of the things um, and like that I don't have time to talk about what I'm doing. One thing we chatted about when we were in the mastermind was um, the idea of sort of just keeping it simple by, I don't know, sort of recording what I'm doing at the moment and turning it into something like a reel. Um, so, you know, in projects where I'm I'm just kind of sitting and writing or whatever, it's very easy to pop my phone and just do a quick video of me like writing a name um so that really helped me to sort of just think about what I'm like how I could incorporate things that I'm already doing or like how I could record things that I'm already doing and just quickly like pop them up um but I think also that perfectionism piece really comes into that for me um so if it's not the right angle or Mm. like it doesn't have the right lighting or whatever that is a really big struggle for me and also love like a really beautifully curated Instagram feed or whatever so if the colors don't line up or whatever like um that makes sense you're like a calligrapher (laughs) wedding stationery designer you know like that's the aesthetic yeah aesthetic is really important and I think that's probably been one of my biggest hang-ups and so I'm trying to consider how I can overcome that and and at the same time just make it simple for myself in terms of bringing alongside like a simple recording or whatever into what I'm already doing like how I can build that into what I'm already doing um and then I think going back to like my launches of micro launch method I already had an email list set up specifically for my workshop people Um, So people who wanted, they signed up specifically to hear about what I was doing workshop-wise. So for me, that was a really easy um, audience to target with my my marketing for the launches that I did for those online courses um, because they already told me that they wanted to hear about that sort of stuff. So to have a warm audience for me, I think, is a lot easier as well instead of like trying to push cold um, things out into like the Instagram world or whatever mm. um, and I, I think also the messaging sort of changes a little bit like 
it's easier to talk to people who are already on board with what you're doing um, instead of trying to draw like new people in and get them on like to understand what you're doing um, really quickly. So, yeah, so I think for me coming up with the plans for my micro launch method for my online courses were quite easy. Um, I sort of followed like kind of what you did in terms of like the email schedules and um, I, I honestly didn't do that much in terms of social media. Um, I kept it mostly to my sort of warm audience. And that worked really well for me for the first one. So I just sort of copied that for the second one. Yep. Um, and yeah, work, you know, why ch- again, why change it if it's worked yeah. if it's worked the first time? So I think you made like you had a really good first course launch, right? Like you made over three thousand pounds or something, two and a half thousand? Yeah, so between the two of them, I made probably four grand. I was really, I think my, I smashed my targets by like 160% both times. So, well, I'm well happy with that. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and I think it's, it's uh, you know, with, with that kind of marketing example, marketing, I feel, is so overcomplicated in people's heads right now because there are so many different ways to market and that just makes it feel really confusing. But at the end of the day, it's connecting the transformation you provide to people who need or want it. Like, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. So it can be really, really simple. Um, Mary, I see you've been absolutely amazing to have here. Thank you so much for being on. Is there any, any last words you'd like to share before, as we close off? I would say if you're on the fence about joining the micro launch method, just do it because it's absolutely changed the way that I thought about launching. Um, and it, yeah, it's really great. <laughs> You could literally see me blush. <laughs> I would second that as well. If you, if if anyone's sort of uh, thinking about it, just just do it because it was really helpful for me. And I have no doubt that if someone else has all the ideas, you'll be able to narrow on on the first one, and then you can do the rest of them later. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Microlaunch Method, which is my flagship program on how to market and sell an offer in three weeks or less in a really simple way that's aligned to your strengths, your goals, and your personality, head on over to maggiegila.com forward slash micro launch.